The parak continues discussing who would merit to perform certain services in the Beis HaMikdash. And the Mishnah tells us that Tomid Korev Betisha, the Korban Tomid is offered with nine Koranim. And really this is what we learned a couple of Mishnahs ago, that there were six Koranim who would transport the limbs of the Korban Tomid onto the ramp of the Mizbeach. And then there was another Kohen who brought up the flower offering. Another Kohen who brought up the wine for the sake of Yain Nesech, where they would pour wine onto the Mizbeach. And the ninth Kohen would bring up the Kohen Godel's Minchas Chavitin, the Kohen Godel's flower offering, which he would bring every day together with the Korban Tomid. So in total, that is nine Kohanim. And although there would be another different six Kohanim who would bring up the limbs of the Korban Tomid from the ramp onto the actual Mizbeach itself, Nevertheless, the Mishnah is discussing at least the first part of the bringing of the Korban Tomid, whether they would bring everything onto the ramp, or it's discussing the second half, where they would bring it from the ramp onto the Mizbech itself. But it doesn't count both sets of six Koranim. It should be noted that there are some who learn that there wouldn't actually be six Koranim who would bring the limbs from the ramp onto the Mizbech itself. Although there were six Koranim who would bring the limbs onto the ramp, According to many, there would be only one coin who would bring all of the limbs from the ramp onto the Mizbech itself. Be it as it may, only one group is counted, and that's why the total is nine. But the Mishnah says that there are certain times where Basara, ten Kohanim are used. An additional coin is part of the service of the Korban Tomid. And sometimes even Ba'achadasar, 11 Karnim are needed. And sometimes Mishnemasar, the most which is ever needed are 12 Karnim for the Karnim Tomid. Le'pachos, there is never less than 9 Karnim. Ve'le'yoser, and never more than 12 Karnim which are needed. Ketzad, how so, explains the Mishnah, Atzmai, the Karnim Tomid itself on a regular day, Betisha, its service is performed with 9 Karnim, as we explained, but Bechog. On Sukkos, there was an extra part of the Korban Tomid done on Sukkos, known as Nisul Chamayim, which is when they would bring a jug of water, which they got from the Shloach Spring, which is a natural spring near to the Beis HaMikdosh, and they would bring water from there and pour it onto the Mizbeach. So a tenth Kohen was needed, Biad Echad Tzleichus Shomayim, in the hand of one of the Kohanim, this tenth Kohen was a jug of water. Now, who exactly would be this tenth coin? How would they decide? So we're going to understand simply that, as we learnt, the lotteries were done by all the coins standing around the coin who was in charge, and they would stick out their fingers, and the coin would count fingers, and whichever coin he landed on at the end, that coin would merit to perform the first part of the service. And then, in general, the eight coins who were standing next to him, one after the other, so nine in total, they would be part of it. So on Sukkos, it would also stretch to the 10th coin, and the 10th coin who is next to the original coin who was picked, the coin who is standing 10 kanim away, he would merit to bring the jug of water for the Nisuchamayim. Harikana Sora, so we have 10, says the Mishnah, Bin Arabayim, for the Korban Tomid, which was brought every single day in the afternoon, the Achadosor, 11 kanim were needed. Huatzme Betisha, the Korban Tomid itself is with nine Karnim, as we explained. Ushanayim, but an additional two Karnim are needed, because Beyodo Mishnei Eitzim, in their hands were two pieces of wood. The Torah says that there is a special mitzvah, that both in the morning and in the afternoon, pieces of wood are added onto the wood on the, on the Mizbeach. Now in the morning, whichever Kohen merited to do the Trumas Hadeshen would also do this. He would also bring the pieces of the wood onto the Mizbeach. But in the afternoon, it's learnt from Psukim that two additional Karnim are needed, and so you would have 11 Karnim in total. Uva Shabbos. And every Shabbos, there were also Ba'achadosar, also 11 Karnim. Hu Asmabetisha, the Korban itself was bought with 9 Karnim. Ushnayim. 
and an additional two karnim were needed because beyodom in their hands were two spoonfuls of levena of the frankincense which was brought together with the lechmaponim the twelve loaves of bread which are placed on the shulchan every shabbos so together with that was the levena the frankincense and on Shabbos, which fell during Sukkot, in the hands of an additional coin, was the jug of the water for the Nishamayim. So, in addition to the two extra koanim who were needed for the Lechmaponim for the bread, the frankincense which was brought with the bread for the Shulchan, there was also a twelfth coin who was needed to transport the water in the jug for the sake of the Nishamayim. Mishnah Volts, we learned in the previous Mishnah that without any of the additions which are needed on a Shabbos or in the afternoon or on Sukkot, the common Talmud itself required nine Karnim for its offering. Now the common Talmud was a sheep within its first year, and the truth is that every Korban which was a sheep or a goat, which was within its first year, it would require nine Karnim. But if it is an ayel, a ram, a sheep which is two years old, carbonus which are bought as an ayel, karibachadosar, that would require 11 karnim to offer it up. Since a ram was larger, it was heavier, so it required more karnim to transport the things to the ramp of the Mizbeach. Habosar, the actual meat of the animal, Bachamisha, that required five karnim, meaning for five out of six of the karnim who transported the limbs of the carbontomid to the ramp, the exact same thing applied for a ram. So, for example, one coin would bring the head and the back right leg of the ram, and he would do that by himself, just like with the carbontomid. However, unlike the Korban Tomid, where one coin was required to bring the intestines, the Krovayim, in a bowl, when it comes to a ram, since it was heavier, there were more intestines, more inner parts of the animal, because it was larger and heavier, so our Krovayim, the intestines, as well as the Hasiles, the flour used for the flour offering, more flour was required for a ram, the Hayayin, and the wine which is used for Nishayayin, again, more wine was required, and therefore Bishnaim Shanaim, two Karnim were required for these three things each. So you've got five Karnim, plus two, plus two, plus two, and that's how you get to eleven altogether, which are needed for a carbon, which is a ram. Mishnazayin, par, a bull, when that is brought as a carbon, carbon esimvar that is offered up using twenty-four karnim, because a bull is a much larger animal, so its limbs are heavier, and it's important to note, by the way, that when we say that two karnim are required, for example, to carry the wine, that doesn't mean that you have two different containers of wine, and each one takes up one container. It is still contained within one flask of wine, just that two karnim carry that together. Be as it may, the Mishnah now calculates how you get to 24 karnim. Haresh v'haregel, the head, the skull of the animal, together with the back right leg. So haresh be'echod, the head was brought with one coin, v'haregel v'shnayim, and the back right leg was brought with two karnim, carrying that leg together. Ha'oiketz v'haregel, the tail and the back left leg. So ha'oiketz v'shnayim, the tail was brought with two karnim carrying it together, v'haregel v'shnayim, and the back left leg was brought together by two karnim. Ha'chazer ha'hageira, the limbs which are by the chest of the animal. Ha'hageira, and the limbs which are by the neck of the animal, which also includes the heart and other limbs. So ha'chazer, the breast itself, Be'echod is brought by one coin, v'hageira b'shalosha, but the neck and the other limbs around there are brought by three karnim together, holding that all together, because that was very heavy indeed. Shtehayodayim, the two front legs of the animal, b'shnayim, they're brought together by two people, shtehadafonis b'shnayim, the two sides of the animals, including the ribs, 
perhaps the liver as well, that was brought by two karnim together, hakrovayim v'aselus v'hayayin, the intestines and the flour for the flour offering, as well as the wine for the nizchayayin, b'shalosha shalosha, each of those things were brought by three karnim each. So altogether that reaches a total of 24 karnim, which are needed when a bull is brought as a carbon. Now the Perak ends off by telling us that all that we've discussed in the last few Mishnayis, for pretty much most of the Perak, about deciding which Karnim will be part of the service, based on lotteries, when are these words said that that is decided by a lottery? That is only when it comes to Karbonis which are brought on behalf of the public, such as the Karbon Tomid. That was one Karbon brought every day on behalf of all of the Jewish people, really. But when it comes to a carbon which is brought by an individual, in if an individual claim wanted to bring up and offer and perform all of these services for that carbon, then he is able to offer it up totally by himself. And the way we're going to understand this is if, let's say, the lottery lands on a particular coin. So though in general for a carbon tzibur, for a carbon brought on behalf of all the Jewish people, we say that the next nine, the next eight or nine or ten, whatever it may be, karnim, which are next to that original coin, they are also part of this. However, when it comes to a carbon brought on behalf of an individual, so the coin on which the number lands on, he is able to perform all of the services if he wants to. There are those who learn that he needs the permission of the next eight people, or however many it would be generally, but the point is it is not an absolute requirement that this many karnim are used and are part of this service. There are also those who learn from here that if somebody brings a carbon, he is able to choose which karnim he wants to bring the carbon for him. That is also included in what the mission is saying over here. Be as it may, ends off the perek, Hef sheitan v'netuchan shel elu elu shoven, the stripping of the skin of the carbon, and the taking apart of the limbs of both these type of carbonos, and these type of carbonos, both public and carbonos brought by an individual, that is the same, even though we just said that there is a difference when it comes to how many karnim are needed to do the services and bringing the limbs towards the ramp, etc. When it comes to these details of stripping the skin and taking apart the different bits of the carbon, that is the same equally for both the carbon tzibur and the carbon yachid. After spending the second parak of the Masechta not really discussing the service in the Beis HaMikdosh on Yom Kippur, the Mishnah now returns to the subject of the Masechta, and at the end of the first parak we already reached the stage of the morning of Yom Kippur. The Masechta began with seven days before Yom Kippur, and then it got nearer and nearer. Erev Yom Kippur, as Yom Kippur is coming in, the night of Yom Kippur, the first service which was done in the morning of Yom Kippur, the Trumas Hadeshen, taking some of the ashes from the Mizbeach and putting it onto the ramp of the Mizbeach. And the next thing which was done was the slaughtering of the Karim Tomid. But this can only be done after dawn. So in order to ascertain and make sure that the sun had already begun to rise, and it was daytime, the one who was appointed, and we're going to understand that this is referring to the deputy Kohen Godol, the one who would replace the Kohen Godol if he wasn't able to perform the service. So he would say to the Karnim who were present, go out and see if the time for slaughtering the Karim Tomid had arrived. Meaning, go to somewhere where it's a high place, look far out and see if you can see if the sun has begun to rise. So they would go out, some learn that it was a specific coin who would have the job to go and see if the sun had begun to rise, and Imhigia, if that time had arrived, so Haroya Umibarakai, the person who sees it, who sees any glimmer of light, would say Barakai. 
which comes from the word borok, which means a ray of light. So even if you just saw one little ray of light, that was a sign that the dawn had already begun, the day had already begun, and therefore the Korban Tomid could be slaughtered. Now Matissa ben Shmuel, I mean, Matissa ben Shmuel says, and although there are those who learn that he is just explaining the Tanakama, we are going to understand that he is arguing. Because according to the Tanakama, it's enough that there's just one little ray of light, and that's already considered the start of the day. But when Tisha ben Shmuel says that he has to say, the entire face of the east side, where the sun rises from, has lit up. Meaning it's only considered the beginning of the day, once there's more than just one ray of light. But once you can actually see the light properly, across the entire eastward direction. So only if you would say that, then we would start, you know, we would be interested. That's enough. So the Skankoin Godol, or even the other Khanim who are present there, would ask him, Is it light all the way until Chevron? Is there enough light that you can actually already see towards Chevron? And the reason why they would mention this place specifically is because that is where the um, the Ovois and the Amohis are buried in Ma'ara So in order to mention the Ovois and their merit, we make mention of their place of burial as well. And this person who saw the light would say, yes, indeed, the day has begun, there is enough light, and so the time for offering and slaughtering the common Tomid has arrived.